0: chapter 35 of paul a herald of the cross this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by russell newton paul a herald of the cross by florence m kingsley chapter 35 great diana of the ephesians askion kataskion lix Tet. Demetrius stopped short with a snarl like that of an angry hyena. Then he turned and darted into the shop. How many shrines did we sell at the last Ephesia but one? He demanded, glaring at his foreman, as if he would tear him in twain. Diana be praised. We sold more than a score of thousands, gracious master, answered the craftsman with an uneasy smile. How many last year? Answer quickly, fellow. "'There were fewer pilgrims last year, as also thou knowest, honoured sir,' said the man, spreading out his hands apologetically. "'Fewer pilgrims and—' <clears throat> "'Yes, I know,' snarled Demetrius, stamping his foot. "'Fewer pilgrims and only fifteen thousand shrines sold.' The foreman shrugged his shoulders. "'Not a small number, fifteen thousand, he ventured. "'Now this year—' "'Yes, and what of this year? "'Only a beggarly five thousand. "'Great Diana of the Ephesians. "'Ascyon, Catascion, licks, bah!' But the festival has just commenced honored hold thy tongue dog till i bid thee bark go forth say to the craftsmen who make images of the goddess of whatever sort come hither and at once dost thou hear i hear gracious sir answered the man staring at his master in amazement but surely thou dost not mean the makers of the miserable clay images nor the fellow Helotus yonder who has dared to imitate thy sacred production in copper bronze demetrius swallowed hard the great veins on his forehead stood out like whipcord yes he said fiercely fetch them all every one compel them to come tell them demetrius hath weighty matter to lay before them a matter which hath to do with gold ay with gold within the hour the square in front of the shop of demetrius was thronged with brawny artisans many of them bearing the implements of their labor it was evident that these were in no mood to be trifled with where is demetrius growled a great hulking fellow who carried a brace of mighty hammers in his belt and what of the gold by artemis i would have him understand that time is gold with me ay where is he echoed a score of others if this be one of his scurvy tricks now to lure us away from our shops but Demetrius was already clambering upon a bench which he had dragged with his own hands from the interior of the shop his rich robes had been laid aside he wore a conical cap of a mastersmith and a shabby workman's blouse "'What dost thou want with us, Demetrius?' cried the man with the hammer stepping forward. This man was Helotus, the rival shrine-maker. Demetrius surveyed him with an inscrutable smile. "'I want much, brother craftsman,' he said. "'Aye, much. Yonder before the school of Tyranus lives a heap of ashes. That heap of ashes was once worth fifty thousand pieces of silver. Ay, fifty thousand pieces!' "'And what has that to do with us?' roared Helotus, advancing a step nearer much repeated demetrius his eyes flaming those costly books were burned at the instigation of one paul a knavish jew who hath dwelt in our city for a matter of three years now so would he burn the images of the great diana which we fashioned to her honor and glory a sullen growl of wrath greeted these words Tis a matter of gold continued demetrius his shrill voice rising almost to a scream for sirs ye know that by this craft we have our wealth Moreover ye see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods which are made with hands, so that not only this our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised, and her magnificence destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worshippeth. Great is Diana of the Ephesians, great is Diana of the Ephesians, Birth forth a deep-throated roar demetrius joined in the cry waving his cap high above his head from his elevated position he could see that people were running towards them from every direction he laughed aloud great is diana of the ephesians great is diana of the ephesians the hurrying crowd took up the cry with savage joy and yonder was a score of long-haired priests dancing leaping and shrieking forth the wild ululations of the temple worship great, great Diana, Diana of the Ephesians, great, great. Ay, great Diana of the Ephesians, screamed Demetrius, and death to the man who hath dishonored her name. Death, death, howled the mob, great is Diana of the Ephesians. Follow where I lead, cried Demetrius, leaping into the midst of the crowd. Death to the Jew, death. Priscilla, the tent maker, busily at work with her husband in one of the squalid streets of the Jewish quarter, heard the sound of the tumult she shook her head with a sigh they are shouting the praises of the idol louder than ever she said with a quick impatient frown nay i marvel at the forbearance of the living god surely this city is more noisome than sodom of old which was burned with fire it is more evil than egypt which jehovah plagued with a sevenfold torment and it is for such worthless wretches that our good paulus doth live a life of toil and suffering scarce taking time to sleep or to eat spending himself like a copper farthing who also is pure gold and worth a million souls of yonder screaming, blasphemous, besotted idolaters? Jehovah be praised, he is asleep now after toiling all night. Aquila threaded his empty needle before he answered. And how, said he slowly, camest thou to possess such knowledge? Setting two stitches firmly and delicately. Dost thou also hold the eternal balance in which men and cities are weighed for judgment? Priscilla did not answer. She was staring at the door of the courtyard. What? What is it, my Gaius? She faltered. The man who had entered hastily locked and barred the door behind him. His face was white, and his eyes stood out of his head with terror. Is Paulus here? He whispered. Yes, yes, asleep yonder. What is it? We must hide him quick. The mob. Dost thou not hear? Priscilla looked about her despairingly. But where? She cried, wringing her hands. Great is Diana of the Ephesians! Death! Death to the Jew! they will tear him limb from limb whispered gaius but not whilst i live aristarchus is without he can hold him at the gate for a moment now priscilla was a woman of resources some months before finding herself hampered in her small housekeeping by the bulky masses of tent-cloth she had caused a small square cellar to be excavated in the beaten floor of the courtyard this place she had found most convenient for the storage of articles of food fuel and various utensils it was provided with a close-fitting cover fetch him hither on his bed she whispered urgently do not waken him or he will face the mob say what we will quickly so she dropped the cover softly dragged the tent-cloth on which she was working across it then coolly resumed her monotonous stitching go out now into the street both of you she said motioning to the two men i shall be best alone but there was no time for flight even had aquila and gaius been so minded the furious storm of blows which shook the door mingled with deafening howls the jew the jew open in the name of the great diana announced the presence of demetrius and his fellows priscilla shrugged her shoulders and an angry light glittered in her brown eyes curs she said contemptuously open to them my husband the door is but wood the place was filled in a twinkling so full that the first to enter were crowded against the further wall and held there as in a vise the jew the jew yelled demetrius seizing priscilla by the wrist "'Where's the Jew, Paulus? Answer, wench!' "'And what might be your business with Paulus, sir?' asked Priscilla, looking down at the puny silversmith from the full height of her indignant womanhood. For answer, Demetrius reached up and struck her full across the face. "'Where's the Jew?' he repeated with a vile execration. Priscilla trembled. The strength seemed to sink away from her limbs. A feeling of deadly nausea almost overpowered her. She looked wildly about for her husband and Gaius. They had disappeared.' She fancied she could hear their voices above the deafening tumult in the street. "'Help, Lord,' she sighed, and on the instant strength and courage came. She suddenly remembered that in the throng and tumult lay safety for the man she was striving to save. She smiled triumphantly. "'He will be displeased with me,' she said to herself. "'But if I save him, I can endure his frown.'" "'Thou hast led us on a wrong scent this time, Demetrius,' shouted Helotus angrily. "'The Jew is nowhere to be found. Come, let us go.'" He was seen to enter this place not two hours since, snarled Demetrius, staring fixedly at Priscilla's white face. He is not far away, and what is more, the woman knows where. Fetch me a torch, some of you. Hilotus laughed savagely. This will serve as well, he said, holding up a brazier heap with glowing charcoal. The Jew's porridge may cool a while. Aye, the brazier will do. Hold the wench from behind there, so. Now, wilt thou answer? Where is the Jew? Tell me or straightway I offer this right hand of thine a burnt sacrifice to great Diana of the Ephesians. Priscilla drew back her head haughtily, her eyes blazed. Thinkest thou to torture me unto confession, she cried, idolaters, cowards, I fear neither you nor the fire. Snatching her hand from the grasp of Demetrius, she plunged it into the brazier, seized a handful of the blazing charcoal, and hurled it into the crowd. A witch! a witch a fire witch screamed a voice run for your lives with wild cries of terror the mob fought bit and tore each other in their frantic efforts to gain the street there was a smell of burning a thunder of trampling feet a chorus of curses yells execrations and the courtyard was empty priscilla looked anxiously about her there was neither smoke nor flame though the blackened holes in a tent cloth showed plainly enough where the hurling coals had fallen the mob had trampled out the fire in their mad rush for the street thank god cried priscilla sinking to her knees thank god then she quietly fainted her head falling back against the heap of tattered and ruined cloth but paul on his bed in the little cellar below still slept the death-like sleep of utter exhaustion and so aquila found them a few moments later when torn and bleeding from his desperate struggle with the mob he rushed into his dismantled house when paul understood what had taken place and how priscilla and aquila had stood between him and death in its most awful form he bowed his head greater love hath no man than this he murmured that a man lay down his life for his friend after a pause he asked for gaius and aristarchus his companions in travel and learning that they were still in the hands of the mob he would have gone forth to their rescue straightway but priscilla fell down at his knees by the burning anguish of my right hand she cried which i endure with joy knowing that it availed for thy life i beseech thee to remain in safety and while she yet spake there came others of the disciples who brought word from the chief men of the city requesting that paul should not adventure himself among the people the mob said these have rushed into the theatre where they are shouting as with one voice great as diana of the ephesians as for gaius and aristarchus being greeks they are not likely to come to any harm. After the uproar was ceased, Paul called unto him to the disciples, and when he bade them farewell he departed unto Macedonia, where he visited the churches, exhorting and confirming them in the faith. From Macedonia he travelled into Greece, and there remained for the space of three months. But being again in peril at the hands of the Jews, he returned to Macedonia, and thence by ship to Miletus, for he desired, if it were possible, to be at Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost from Miletus he sent to ephesus and called the elders of the church and when they were come he said to them brethren ye know from the first day that i came to asia after what manner i have been with you at all seasons serving the lord with all lowliness of mind and with many tears and trials which befell me through the plotting of the jews and how i kept back none of those things which are profitable for you but declared them to you and taught you publicly and from house to house testifying both to jews and to gentiles their need of repentance towards god and faith in our lord jesus christ and now behold i go bound in the spirit unto jerusalem not knowing the things that shall befall me there save that the holy spirit witnesseth in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me but none of these things move me neither count i my life dear unto myself so that i might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify the glad tidings of the grace of God. And now I know that ye all, among whom I have gone from city to city proclaiming the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Wherefore I call you to witness this day that I am clean from the blood of all men. For I shrank not from declaring unto you the whole counsel of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Spirit hath set you as shepherds, to feed the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For this I know, that after my departure, grievous wolves shall enter in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among you, your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverted words that they may draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be watchful, and remember, that for the space of three years, I cease not to warn every one of you, night and day, with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God, and to the word of His grace, even to Him who is able to build you up, and to give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver or gold, or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities, and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive when he had thus spoken he kneeled down and prayed with them all and they all wept sore and fell on paul's neck and kissed him souring most of all for the word which he had spoken that they should see his face no more and they accompanied him to the ship end of chapter thirty five